0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, fly in solo. So the Warriors are on a three-game winning streak. They beat the Portland Trailblazers 123-105 at Chase Center in a game. They were actually down by 23 in. And <laughs> man, this season is just so weird. You know, I looked it up. The Warriors... This is only their fourth, their fourth uh, winning streak of three games this season. Their longest winning streak was that stretch in January that went five games. So they had a three-game winning streak, a five-game winning streak, a three-game winning streak, and then again a three-game winning streak. And for comparisons, <laughs> last season they had eight winning streaks of, you know, at least three games. And some of those went seven games, eight games, nine games. So we obviously know that this season has been really, really rough and it's still going, but, you know, it's just a a, a stark difference from a year ago. That being said, uh, you know, I talked about how this stretch, the reevaluation after the All-Star break They said for Steph was going to be at least after four games. And we're like, can you get to three and one in that stretch? And after that first Lakers game where they just got smushed in L.A., it was like, okay, maybe not. But you knew they could take the Rockets. You knew at home they could take the Wolves and the Blazers who had beaten the Warriors in Portland last time. You knew that you could always – you know, there's always a shot against those teams, but like it's just a question of how the words show up and, you know, how they execute their focus, all that stuff, all those things that have been waning all season long. And <laughs> at the beginning of this one, it looked bad. It looked terrible. They got down by what 14 in the first quarter, 23 in the first half. And it was like, well, you know, maybe I'll just. Press mute and put this on in the background. The highlight for me was uh, the Pittsburgh High School uh, marching band that was on uh, league pass, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> you know, good for those, good for those kids as the halftime show." But then in the third quarter, they found the switch and they flipped it. Right, they flipped that switch, and they'd been outscored in the first quarter, 41-27. twenty-seven. Third quarter. They flipped it 39-17, and they just kept going, you know? It was like the fourth quarter, they outscored the Blazers 36-23. So it became a blowout in the other direction. And they did this, of course, without Steph and then without Andrew Wiggins. But, hey, you know, this is what we've kind of been waiting for. And pump the brakes not going to say okay everything's fixed everything's cured uh they are now ready to compete for a title right like i've said don't want to get too high don't want to get too low whether it's a loss or it's a win but there were signs you know i mean there were signs of two things signs of that uh lack of focus and lack of energy and lack of execution and then the signs of flipping that switch and having that dominance and being able to access it. There's 20 games left in the season. The Warriors are currently, if you believe this, in 5th place in the West, which is really really wild, but you know, they're also uh they're one game out of 4th, but they're also one game out of 8th and two games out of 10th. So this could go, you know, awry, right back the other way, uh, just as quickly as they've kind of gone up after a couple games. And the schedule gets a little rough. You know, it gets a little rough. They uh, get the Clippers at home, but then they get the Pelicans who don't have Zion, who they've been struggling a little bit. And then they go back to L.A., play the Lakers, and we all know that LeBron is out at least for two to three weeks with a foot injury. You don't want anyone to have an injury, but it is what it is. You play the guys out there, but that makes it hopefully more likely that the Warriors will show up as opposed to, you know, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so Things are a little bit promising. Then they go to OKC, who has given the Warriors problems, but the Warriors have always prevailed. And then they go to Memphis, which is going to be tough. But, you know, we all know the Warriors can get these games, but we also know that they can lay a stinker. But I'm hoping that what they showed in the second half of this Portland game is something that they can actually, uh, now that's a, a fresher memory in their mind, you know what I mean? Now they know that uh, they can bear down, buckle down, and execute. I said, not going to expect the Warriors to just blow through teams all of a sudden and win a bunch of games, but you, know, you want to get greedy. 20 games is not a lot, and with Steph, hopefully, seemingly, All signs point to uh, his uh, rehab, whatever, you know, going pretty well and he should be back soon. So that will be a boon. And, you know, with him out, it's one of those things where just like when he was out with his shoulder, are they going to sink or swim? Are guys going to step up and take responsibility, take more ownership, you know, all that stuff, grow up. And in this one, and you know, for the most part, people have talked about how Clay, who isn't the most vocal guy, has stepped up and he's doing other things and he's found his shot and that is going to be helpful down the road. But let's not start predicting a 10-game winning streak or anything like that, but just seeing places on the schedule where the Warriors can just deal wins, squirrel away wins. You know, if all of a sudden they turn into – world beaters, then it's like, oh, yeah, see, you know, told you so, right? (laughs) People are going to say that, but, you know, uh, I guess then the regular season really doesn't matter, but we'll take it one game at a time, as I've said. But the reality is the Warriors still haven't put it together from beginning to end, right? We saw stretches where they would come out and, you know, kind of dominate teams, but then cough up leads. This was the opposite, right? It was them like, you know, playing like trash and then turning it on. So if they can put those efforts together, beginning and end, then we're good to go. You know what I mean? That's what we want to see. They know what it takes to play defense, but are they going to start falling back into some of those old Habits that uh, those bad habits that we saw that we've seen this whole season, to be honest, you know, who knows, maybe they see the the prize at the end, right? Like the light at the end of the tunnel, because it's a long season, 82 games, right? But like when you sit there, you're in fifth place and you're kind of in control, you know, for the most part of what you can do and where you end up. So do they see 20 games? They're like, okay, you know, the vets, the guys who won uh, the title last year who were around, are they like, 20 games, let's go. That's what you hope for, you know? (laughs) If that's the case, remind me to tune in next season when there's 20 games left (laughs) instead of at the very beginning. So have they found that missing thing? Because uh, this is not how they were winning games before, as I had said, and you could tell from the outset in this one, Portland they came out with energy they were younger quicker more bouncy faster whatever and the Warriors just look stuck in the mud right but what happened in the second half is kind of what often happens in theory in games like this where the Warriors will bear down execute tighten up some of their mistakes And the other team will fold because that youth and bounciness turns into mistakes and indecision and just getting out of their mental game and whatnot. And that's what happens when the Warriors flex their championship DNA, to be (laughs) honest. So can they keep doing that and can they take that all the way to the end of the season and to the postseason if they are consistent enough? This game was kind of like a microcosm of the season, hopefully, you know, kind of struggling and having these weird low energy moments and then all of a sudden turning it on. I mean, that's what we want from here on out, but we'll see. Like I said, this game was the opposite of what they'd been doing uh, all season long. But, you know, you look at the Wolves game, it was similar. Right. They got behind down by 14 and then turned it on. This game was much the same, but just kind of, you know, the dial was turned up a little bit more. It's a positive, you know, again, like now they're on a three game winning streak. I had said, man, if they get on a four game winning streak, that would be crazy. (laughs) So they could. They're almost there, but they got to get through the, the Clippers. But the reason why the West is so packed together and I've never seen it like this. There have been times where there's maybe a handful of teams, like four teams that are vying for the same rough spots in the standings, but never from like basically five to 13. That's wild to me. You know what I mean? So the reason why it's like that, it's because, you know, no team is super consistent in that, in that patch. So whatever team is more consistent and the healthiest, they're the ones that are going to rise up and I've always said let's get this team into the tournament healthy and the other plus of Steph being out I mean I know it was a leg injury right and he's been beat up a little bit this season but at least he's getting some rest you know what I mean and that is always a good thing and that Was kind of the recipe a little bit for last season where Steph went out in that Boston game last year and Poole stepped up. Clay got some rhythm with Poole. Poole got some rhythm with Draymond and then Steph came back. At this point, you know, Steph's going to come back earlier than he did last season. And that's actually a good thing, right? Because there were questions last season when Steph came back that the playoffs were starting (laughs) immediately, you know? So again, those are the positives and we'll see if they can start stitching together consistent performances, right? It was thrilling in the second half of this one. It was, it was crazy, but can they really, really put it together because even though it was questionable whether or not they could beat the Wolves or the Blazers at the end of the day, They're going to have to build up and actually beat much, much better teams with better players and more veteran, more tested players for the most part. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet. $5 $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code T-B-P-N. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jonathan Kaminga, I've I've said, and I'll repeat this again, I've said that uh, since he was drafted, when he was drafted, I was like, oh, he'll be the Warriors best player in like four years. And that's like a couple years from now. And, you know, that really depends on how good Steph is still. So Kaminga might not be their best player, but I think that he has a chance to be like one of their uh, top two players, to be honest. Uh, Just imagine how much better he'll be when he's 22 and has all this seasoning. And he's a guy that can obviously score at all three levels, mid-range, three, and at the basket. But if he can get consistent with that mid-range, I mean, there was that one play where he attacked somebody – with the dribble and kind of dribbled it behind his back and then went up and hit a hit a mid-range two from just beyond the elbow. And I was like, oh, okay. I remember from his rookie season how people would say he was being given tape of like Paul Pierce to look at. Uh, Paul Pierce famously shot a lot of mid-rangers around the elbow and whatnot. So if Kaminga can access that, and make that a real, real threat. I mean, just a few games ago, right? The Lakers, they didn't guard him at the three, and it worked for the Lakers. So he doesn't have that consistency yet from all the different spots. But we know that he can hit those shots, and a lot of it is just reps in the offseason and muscle memory, right? So if he can nail his three, if he can nail the mid range, that just makes his drive to the basket uh, that much more dangerous. And of course he has to tighten his handle because, uh, as we've seen, his go-to is to drive to the paint and pump fake and pivot. Oftentimes it works. Oftentimes, uh, it, it gets predictable to some, uh, guys who are looking for it, but if he can hit that mid ranger, then that just makes him more potent. Uh, again, tightening up the handle will be a big because a lot of his turnovers, are driving in and then guys just you know picking it out of his hand so i am very very high on that and obviously (laughs) that massive dunk he had man Uh, i always thought that he'd be solid in the dunk contest but i guess that's not a thing that anyone does uh so you know again love that guy please don't trade him (laughs) don't don't trade him over the summer i i really just don't want that that would be a real real shame Obviously, they didn't want to trade him at the trade deadline, but I think that anyone you get for him, you will regret it as soon as game one of next season. You know, and some people may say, "Oh, well, it's about this season," but you know, I, I, come on, Dante DiVincenzo. Once again, I said it last episode, he is a dude that I'm really, really, really gonna miss. He's gonna price himself out. He already has price himself out of the Warriors' ability to pay him. And also they committed to Gary Payton II, who, you know, obviously they are kind of playing the same spot. Gary Payton II will be taking these minutes uh, next year. But Dante DiVincenzo, man, that guy, I've said it recently, <laughs> he is uh, the perfect fourth guard. But, you know, when you're paying guards like Steph and Clay and Poole, you can't pay fourth guard uh, whatever he's going to get on the market, right? If your fourth guard is uh, Gary Payton the second, even though he plays like a like like a center in the offensive scheme, then that's more palatable to your salary cap structure, you know. Uh, if your uh, fifth guard is Ryan Rollins or Moses Moody, then that's still palatable because they're still cheap, you know. But it is what it is, man. That guy is just a solid, solid player, uh, a stable force on the team. And I mean, his shot, his three has become so consistent by this time. And it's something that it's a shame. It's a shame. Like, Like I said, after the Wolves game, it just feels like he's passing through. But, uh, you know, he has championship DNA from Villanova, from Milwaukee. I think it'd be great if he could stick around. But this is just really not possible. It's totally different from the Gary Payton uh, scenario last summer because Payton was not going to get as much as DiVincenzo is going to get. And DiVincenzo deserves to be like a third guard somewhere you know what I mean? Good for him. Good for him. A uh, big fan of that dude. And hopefully, hopefully he contributes to a long playoff run. Again, don't want to get too far ahead of myself on that, but uh, this is really, really solid. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, the Warriors get the Clippers on Thursday and then they get the Pelicans. Then they go to LA to play Lakers again, then the Thunder and Memphis, that's the next five. Can they go at least three and two in that stretch? I definitely think they can. You know, I look at that New Orleans game at home, that LeBron less Lakers game, and then the OKC game. Those are three they could take if they are serious, if they're really, really showing out to be who they are, if they're really ramping up over these final 20 games. So fingers crossed, hopefully. Thursday, it's not like, well, we're back to where we were. You know what I mean? It's like being at 500 is like this magnetic force. It's like a tractor beam that keeps pulling the Warriors back. So, uh, you know, is what it is. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino